work on a Monday morning when you didn't want to because you were up all night because you had sick kids or your wife was in the hospital, or whatever. You get up and do that thing. Absolutely. Because it is what you are born to do. That's it, man. Right? This is the Men Refined Podcast. Hey friends, welcome to the Men Refined Podcast. I'm your host, Rafael Cifontes, and today I have my good friend and brother, Jim Burke, in the studio. Hey, Rafael. How are you, sir? I was thinking about this statement about hard times and, and good times and how hard times produce good or strong men and how good times now produce weak men or something mm -hmm. along, along those lines. Do you know exactly what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. How yeah, does that go? So there's this quote, uh, yeah, it goes, I think, here you go. Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. And weak men create hard times. Hmm. And that was actually quote by G. Michael Hoff uh, from a book, Those Who Remain. Hmm. But it's such an important thing, you know, when I think you and I, you look back and history and you start to think, man, there were some really, really, you know, hard times. Like you think about the Dust Bowl, you think about World War One, World War Two, yeah. Korean conflict, yeah. Vietnam War, all these kind of conflicts are, you know, really hard times. And the men that came out of that, right? Strong Dude, men. You could see their their I mean their strength, their passion, their integrity was like, you know, ten steps in front of them. Like they just reeked that strength, right? And then you look around and I don't know, dude, I, I don't see you wearing any of those kind of skinny leg jeans or uh, kind of onesie little strappy uh, pants and things like that. I see these guys wearing today. You know what I mean? Like I walk around like, you know, what's up with the man bun? What's up with the, you know, the little jumpers that these kids are wearing these days? They just look weak. You know what I mean? What's wrong with man buns? <laughs> you don't like men with long hair? Is I, that what you're trying to say? I'm just saying. I Because I love, I love. Do you like man buns? No, you see, if That's I, ha I I had long hair once, okay, not as long. Yeah, well, yeah, it was long enough to do a bun, but but I never did that. Is it the bun the issue? Not just the bun. Is it the is the it the long hair the issue that comes with it? That's just kind of this uh, giddy little. Uh, flittering little person that's kind of bouncing as they walk right mm. um i would say this now there's some dudes i've seen with man buds they wear well like no complaint exactly so, well that's what i'm getting because I, i probably know exactly what you're talking about but i've seen the majority of the men with long hair that i've seen mm -hmm. and it's probably maybe because the circle that i surround myself you know that that kind of circle but the majority of the men that i see with long hair man they wear it well they're usually big guys mm -hmm. Six to super muscular, muscles everywhere, long beard. Dude, that's manly for me. Like, I like that stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. You look good all shaved up, you know, and nice, clean. <laughs> but, it, you know, it's one of those things that sometimes, you know, we joke and we're so like, men wear beard. And it, it's, just, it's just one of those um, comments or that we're trying to uh, mess with each other and a stereotype, right? About things, manly, men things, manliness, right? I don't think there's, there's one mold for everything. I would like to see if we could define 
what a hard man is, mm -hmm. what a hard man look like. And we can definitely run through characteristics, right? And I apologize that I caught you, but you were going there, you know, about the look right. of men. Right. So I'm going to let you finish that. <laughs> and then we'll come back to what a hard man we think will look like or should look like. I mean, we're men. We should be able to have some sort of a say on that, right? Right. You should. I mean, I think so. Um, yeah. No, what I, here's what I say is... You have to, you know, if you play the part, okay? So, yeah, for me, the man bun, mm, um, you know, wearing sweatpants out in public, that's an issue for me, bro. So Sweatpants in public. Okay, define public. Dude, you're going to the grocery store and you're in your little sweatpants or you're looking in your jammies. Oh, yeah. Like, you no, know what I'm talking no, about? You see these definitely. guys? Definitely. No, that's right. a no, no. No, you do not do that if you're no, a man. I see it here, right here in area, bro. What? <laughs> Right. And they typically have a man bun. So what, what, I, what, I'm, what I'm saying is like when I visualize the characteristics of a hard man, a strong man, um, again, I'm thinking back, you know, you think of a rancher, right? Mm. Where they got this leathery Farmer, skin, yes. um, you know, they wake up before the sun, they work hard all day long, they don't complain, man a few words, right? Get the job done. It doesn't matter how good you look, how bad you look, it's like, your, that strength is from within. Right. And so those kind of characteristics I see. Um, having the time to care for your um, appearance in a, in a man bun, I think that's where I'm like, dude, really? Like, how much time do you spend doing your hair? Mm. <laughs> you know mm. I, mean? I mean, you wake up in the morning with a blow dryer and you're spending like it's, you know two hours getting ready for well, whatever. When you, have a, when you have long hair, yes. Mm-hmm. Because you always want to be able to be presentable as much as you uh, as much as you can, right? Like you want to present yourself well. Yes. I have enough hair that I can do something to my hair. So, yes, it will take me a bit of time. Use mm -hmm. some something to make sure that that hair does not move. Mm -hmm. And I've been I've been lucky here in Colorado because of the weather. There's no humidity, but you know, back in South Florida when we used to live there, my long hair will curl. Like the humidity will shrink everything, and there was there was no amount of gel or pomade that I would use in my hair that will work. It was horrible. Sorry, keep going, man. No, no hey, don't you know? Don't let me judge because I'm quite the princess too. Like for me, gel in the morning, bone comb, I'm good. Right? You, know yeah, you should uh, be presentable, right? Uh, off, we have to be. We right? have to be. We have to play the part. Exactly. So I think we, we started talking about physical characteristics. What I about think, if you don't feel playing the part? Uh, playing the part of? Looking good. Uh, showing yourself approved. Mm -hmm. How you walk. It's about how you present yourself. Mm -hmm. As a man, that's a lot. Yeah. You have to. Mm -hmm. You have to look strong when you're weak. And if somebody comes and, you know, and tell me, dude, you know, you got you to gotta show your weakness. You got to cry in front of people. You got to show your vulnerability. And I say... Okay, there's a space and time for that. Right. And if you're one of those, bro, you do you. But I'll cry in my closet mm. as much as I can. Mm -hmm. My wife will see me cry maybe once or twice. Mm -hmm. My good brothers will see, me, will see me probably shed a tear here and there. We're, I'm talking more about sobbing. Mm. Right. That's a totally different game, man. Oh, it is. I mean, you know, that's where you think about funerals or losing a loved one, right? It's like, that's, that's when it's like, okay, you know what? That's the time to be vulnerable. And even then, I think as a lot of guys, like you catch yourself. Yes. Okay. I'm good. 
I'm good. Yeah, guard yourself. Right? You can't. It's hard to be that vulnerable. In front Control of yourself, man. That just remi- that just remind me of this. Um, it's one of these posts that uh, Crew.org put out there. It says, "How does a real man look like?" Mm right now and it says the honesty of a scripture is one of the reasons i knew the bible would be the place to go to learn what a real man should be and do and then um uh, the guy that writes this his name is dennis rainey he said i began looking through the scripture uh, focusing on passages that talk about men and manhood and along the way i discovered five five prevalent themes I'm going to go quickly through this, and then we'll keep going. Mm-hmm. Number one is, a man controls his emotions and passions. Number two, a man provides for his family. Mm-hmm. Number three, a man protects his family. Mm-hmm. Number four, a man serves and leads his family. Number five, a man follows God's design for true masculinity. Oh, those are good. Bro, this is like five podcasts just so, in this thing. <clears throat> so let's let's unpack that because I'm going to tell you that first one. When you think of somebody, a man who's strong, right? Mm. Can we're talking about versus mm. guys that are weak? So when you see that first one, a, a man controls his emotions and passions. Mm. How's how's that strike you? I mean, does that does that feel like that's one of the top five most important things to be strong? I think so. In what ways? You see, when I say that, I just you know. Men that don't know how to control when to cry and when not to cry, for example, mm-hmm. right? You need to be able to show yourself as a strong person. Mm-hmm. Let's say that there's a death in the family and everybody's suffering. You're suffering as a man too, because mm-hmm. believe it or not, men also have feelings, but you need to be able to show yourself control of your emotions because there's other people depending on you. And if, if you cannot control your emotions and passions, you cannot be an example for those and be a pillar for those who depend on you. Mm-hmm. There's a lot on that. I don't think women like men that cry all day. Mm-hmm. I don't see that. Women don't like men that are weak. Mm-hmm. Women don't like men that don't know how to carry themselves, man. I mean, there's exceptions. But in general, if you really go to the true, to the heart of the issue, that is, that is not true. That, um, and that reminds me of, um, of a quote of uh, Jordan Peterson. You know, he has this, it's interesting because we're looking at this and, and then he decides, he decides to make sense of, of how weak men are. He says, people think that you should be weak and you should be docile and then you should be a pacifist. But then Jordan says, he says, no, absolutely not. You should be a monster, he said. You should be a monster. You should be ruthless, ambitious, and then learn how to control it. And is that the expression of when you know how to control your emotions, that's how powerful you are. That's why you're a monster, because you know how to get a grasp at your feelings now you know how to control your own and carry yourself mm-hmm. the way a man needs to be carried. So, yeah, a man control his emotions and passions. I got to tell you, because you're striking a chord there, Raphael. When you think about the beast inside each of us, mm. right, the monster, whatever you want to call it, right? I like that. So let's call it a monster. The monster inside you. Yeah. As a man, 
you have a couple choices. Dude, you the sound monster. good. Say that again. As a man. As a, <laughs> as, <laughs> kill me. as a man. That the, was good. That was good. You have two choices. The monster controls you or you enslave the monster, right? And you put that monster at bay. And I think that's the piece, the struggle, right, for every guy is when you think about those emotions, like they're there. You have a choice. Do you allow those emotions to overtake you or do you as the man overtake those emotions and put them in control? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where that strength is. Mm-hmm. It's controlling that beast inside. Oh, yeah. Right? I'm with you. Single or married, I think a real man tames his passions. Mm-hmm. He doesn't abuse women or children. He protects them. He -hmm. keeps his eyes of pornographic images. He protects a single woman's virginity and innocence. He's not defined by his exploits below the waist. He's a man with a heart, head, and a conscience. Mm -hmm. That's real, man. That is real. And nowhere in there does it say, oh, this is easy. Oh, Right? All this is hard. Because that's where the strength comes from. Strength doesn't come from doing easy, right? It's like, you know, when I show up to the gym, you know, in Raphael, I'm sure you're like dropping 50-pound weights, you know, left and right. But Bro, I, you I'm, know, try, I'm trying to get strong, <laughs> man. I need it. Right? But as a guy, if I go in there to the gym and I get the little pink two-pound weights, right? Is that what you do, John? Uh, only on Tuesdays. Okay. Um <laughs> my yoga pants <laughs> only on Tuesdays <laughs> but uh, you know the point is, is like you're never going to get stronger right by using the little tiny weights um, it's easy there's it doesn't take as a man that's not strength mm. that's passivity mm. that's giving into the easy mm. right that's showing up on work on a Monday morning when you didn't want to because you were up all night because you had sick kids or your wife was in the hospital whatever you get up and do that thing absolutely because it is what you are born to do that's it man right the week is like oh you know i got a little cough and you know i stayed a little bit too late and i'm just not going to show up you know you're, you start ghosting your buddies when they need you hey we know can we borrow your truck all those kind of things right that's where weakness shows up at its best is when it's easy to say no easy to not show up easy to sit on the sidelines watch others get in the game like for me that's when i see weakness and I see a society now, bro, that is just, it's prevalent. It's everywhere, right? I mean, this is a little bit off the side uh, bar, but a couple of years ago, we were, you know, during COVID, right? Um, what's, the, what's, what's that? <laughs> that was some, some I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't either. Me no remember. Yeah, so there was some guy in Canada. So number one, just put that in your mind, Canada. Oh, here All we right. go. But here was, it was a Facebook post and this guy was like so proud of his wife. And so, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, I'm going to be so proud of my wife. I want to show some pictures. So he literally takes a picture of her, posted to Facebook. And the, and the caption was this, I'm so proud of you, honey. After working 12 hours night shift as a nurse and she comes home and she's out shoveling his driveway. Oh, no, she didn't. Oh, yeah. Oh, and no. He, dude, he's sitting there in his little fuzzy, you know, pajama slipper things, and right? he even posted a picture in Facebook. And posted to the world and said how proud he was of her. I'm like, dude, where's your freaking shovel? Get on your boots. Get your hunter's hat on, right? I hope Facebook oh, banned him from Facebook. Oh, no, dude. Just because of that child. picture. <laughs> what are you talking about? Right? It, it's his that's whole... Out, that's outrageous, man. But that's what I'm talking about. It's a guy who sits there and doesn't think to himself, oh, you know what? My wife's coming home. 
maybe I ought to get my little butt out there and shovel the driveway before she even gets here, right? It's doing the inconvenient to serve your kids, your well, spouse, yeah. right? Well, yeah. I mean, number two is a man provides for his family. Mm, there you go. You know, first, uh, first Timothy 5, 8 says, but if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Mm. Ay, ay, ay. These are strident words. When a man doesn't work and provide for his family, he feels a sense of shame. His self-worth sinks. See, I've been wrestling with this um, for a while also. We have, you know, one of our friends, um, He's um, he's been sick for a while. Mm-hmm. And um, as a man, it's tough. Right. It's difficult. Mm-hmm. Get there and, and be there in that situation. Man, it's difficult. It's mentally exhausting. Mm-hmm. It's mentally draining. And we're praying for him and helping his family as much as we can and, and providing support. But it's, it's tough. It's mm-hmm. a tough place to be. But in the midst of chaos and in the valley... You know, I love how Psalm, Psalm, Psalm 23 puts it, that we're going through the valley of death. And we're not staying in it. We're going through it, which is the key word, is right. through it. Right? We're passing by. Mm-hmm. And in the other side, we become stronger yes. because we went through the valley. But as a man, when you're not able to provide for your family... And obviously, you know, there, there will be different ways, right. right, in which you could do this. You'll have to be creative and, and figure this out as a man. But in the sense, as, as culturally we see how a man provides for his family, it's, it's just unfortunately, he's not able to do this, mm-hmm. right? And that's hard. As a man, it's hard. It, you know, it messes with your mind, man, yeah. as a man. Yeah. I cannot imagine it's so hard and, you know, I suffer from back issues and, and, and when I twist my back and I cannot do things mm-hmm. like manual things and, and things, just, uh, um, you know, lifting weights or, or, or doing things around the house or fixing anything that is broken, I feel horrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I cannot even put my jeans, it's horrible, man. It messes with your brain. Well, especially as a guy. Right? Yeah. Because you are the provider of the family. You are there to serve, to protect, to provide, right? Those things as a guy. And it just it hits you right at your weakest point. And yeah. Dude, everybody's got a journey, right? I mean, everybody's yeah. situation is different. Health is tough. It is. I mean, and I'm going to tell you, so when you think about going through the valley of the shadow of death, right? It's like you're going through it. Mm-hmm. When you know there's a destination on the other side... Mm-hmm. When you know that that victory over this challenge is a date certain, mm-hmm. it gives you the hope in the future, right? When you have that end game in mind. Unfortunately, a lot of times with health issues, dude, you don't even know. You don't know what's in the other side. Daily struggle. It's hard. Right? It's it's draining, man. Mm-hmm. It takes so much of you. Right. I've been through cancer. You have had medical issues with your wife. I mean, there's it drains mm-hmm. you. As a man, it's just, it's mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. It's not for the weakest heart either. You got to stay strong. Oh, and that's where your relationship with Christ, number one. Bro. Right? It's like when you can't, he will. Definitely. And you show up every day 
on your knees, like, God, you, you got to fill the gap. You yeah. got to fill the gap. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't. I can't do it on my own. That's right. Can't do it on my own. And I do say, I, you know, and I think you can share this too. In my darkest times is when I'm closest to Christ. Mm. Because I'm fully 100% reliant upon my Savior in that moment. Because I can't on my own. But that doesn't mean that you're weak. Not weak. In fact, there's strength. In weakness. Right. Oh, that's good. So good. There is so much strength in weakness. So much. A man protects his family. How do you protect your family, John? So, on a number of things. I think, for me, it's provide, protect. These kind of all, you know, they flow well together. Setting. What's the next one? Provide, protects? Oh, serve. Serve. Yeah. Just right um, there. Provide, well, there protects, yeah. and serve. <laughs> that's it. Because um, that's what we do, right? Mm-hmm. And so protection for my family sometimes shows up in setting boundaries. And this is what it looks like. So, you mm-hmm. know, my youngest daughter um, on the cell phone, right? Those kind of things. Like, you know what? My job as a dad is, I'm, you know, I'm going to have to set some boundaries because I want to protect her salvation, her heart, yeah. her livelihood, right? Yeah. Those sort of things. Uh, it is. It's it's making sure that we're protecting our family in a way that we know that we're not only emotional boundaries, um, physical boundaries, so we mm-hmm. don't do crazy things. Mm-hmm. Although I might go skydiving. Mm-hmm. Us, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for you. Okay. <laughs> but there are things that, yeah, I mean, I, but I will tell you this, when we were, um, you know, in Maui a couple of weeks ago, I'm like, okay, don't, don't stand on those jagged rocks too close, right? Because if I'm out, like all of a sudden, right, if I get hurt, or if I lose the keys to the, the rental car, right? It's like, mm. as as a man, you start thinking about it. Like, mm-hmm. Dude, this is just not me taking a risk for myself. It's mm-hmm. me taking a risk that it will impact my wife, my kids, mm-hmm. you know, that generation. At that specific moment. Oh, yeah. Think about it. Always. And I think as a guy, that's the, the burden we have is that in that protection moment, it's like thinking about all those things all the time. You're walking around at night. Keeping your eyes open. What is it? You know, what's what's the environment, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, we have this thing here at home. Um, I'm very paranoid about being at a mall, okay, mm-hmm. or being at the movie theaters. Yep, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. And when I am in a, for example, in a movie theater, I have a special place where I sit. Mm-hmm. I know where the exits are. Yep, I know what to do if something goes wrong. And I tell my family, and I prep them for it. I tell my daughters. Mm -hmm. And it's very, very rarely that we go and watch a movie at the movies. Mm -hmm. Extremely rarely. And in the malls, it's the same thing. My daughters know. Going to the mall? No, you're not going to the mall. I don't like malls. Mm -hmm. It's just too exposed. Many will say, man, you're crazy. You can't just live your life like that. I I will say... It's not me being crazy, it's me being careful because I know, I know that we're surrounded by the enemy and the enemy is a roaring lion and there's a lot of sin in the world and I don't want to put myself in places where I am exposed. Mm -hmm. So I try to prepare myself as much as I can and even if I'm going to those places, my eyes are everywhere. Mm -hmm. Everywhere, up, down, everywhere. That's right. Because I feel very exposed. Mm -hmm. We've seen all these knuckleheads with shootings, crazy people out there in malls and stuff. Man, it's real. It is. The grocery store here in Boulder last, I mean, (laughs) 
no place, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the same thing, right? So talking about protecting your family, mm-hmm. but it's more than that. It's more than that physical protection. Yeah, yeah it, it's spiritual, right? It's We're talking about the full, full armor of God. Like, mm-hmm. What does that look like on a daily basis to pray? To be aware, Raphael, um, and I'm going to share this because we were talking about this here a couple weeks ago at the men's retreat, but I think Thomas had shared that story about you know, the devil, like you just mentioned, is a prowling, prowling, prowling lion, right? Mm-hmm. And when you think about a lion on the hunt, what do they go after in the herd? It's either the weakest or the one that falls behind or, and I'll say, isolated, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so when you think about as a man or anybody, it's in that isolation that they're most vulnerable to attack. Yes. And so when I think about protecting my family, it's about, you know what, we're going to put some time like... No, you don't get to be hanging out in your room all by yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, we're going to get together as a family. We're going to do things together. We're going to eat meals together. We're going to go places. Because Mm -hmm. I will tell you, back to a weak man, in this society right now, in this area, I know there are dozens of dudes who are sitting there playing some video game. Their wife is watching some movie, and the kids are on their devices up in their rooms. Nobody's talking. Mm. Nobody's hanging out. Mm. And the enemy is at... He's at play. In attack mode, He's having fun. That's right. It's like we're completely unplugged, not connecting as even a family unit, right? We're not even talking about society, not talking about gathering and community. Even as a family, we are individuals isolated in our own homes. And we have to start there. Mm -hmm. How do we protect our our family? I think this is, I mean, this this is our first ministry. This is the most important ministry. Uh, this is the most important people that God put in our in our path for us to, to disciple and to teach. And I'm not saying that if you're a man and you're listening that you need to be a teacher, but you do. Mm-hmm. You need to show yourself a proof. You need to you need to understand where you want to be, where you are, mm-hmm. okay, and where you want to take your family. And that's going to take a lot of self-awareness. And I'm not going to get tired of talking about self-awareness because self-awareness is a big it's a big deal right now. It's a big, big deal. Uh, but being a protector, you know, calls for more than ensuring physical safety. Proverbs 4.10 uh, uh, describes a father who protects his son by passing on wisdom, hmm. helping yep. him build godly character, and teaching him to reject the lies and temptations of the world. Um, this father protects not only his son, but the generations to follow as the wisdom he shares gets passed on. Mm-hmm. That's part of the legacy that that's we're good. leaving behind. And that's something that a lot of men, a lot of, a lot of fathers, they do not think like that. Mm-hmm. They're not thinking long game. They're just not. And I'm not saying that I haven't figured it out. Man, I mean, I hope you do, but, but I don't. But my mindset has changed and, and has evolved I will say in the last 10 years, eight years, probably, to be more specific. And it's crazy, right? I mean, I wasn't raised in a family home. And, um, you know, I wish I was, but I wasn't. Mm -hmm. But I trust that God is sovereign and he knows what he's doing. And for me to surround myself with godly people and men that have poured into my life has helped me in the journey. Mm -hmm. And I, and I thank God for that blessing, for, for that, how that became to be. I didn't know anything about it, being in community, hearing from other people. 
listening to godly wisdom mm-hmm. when I didn't want to listen to it. So, you know, maybe what I'm trying to say is that if you are there trying to surround yourself with men that you admire, mm-hmm. men that love God, mm-hmm. uh, men that serve God, right? And I think, you know, the next point will be how we as men need to serve and lead our family, mm-hmm. right? And I think serving is is our main ministry as a family. Mm-hmm. We love to serve people. We love to invite people to our home. We love to cook for them. We love to bring them into our lives and, and develop those relationships. We love to do that. And our kids have seen us as a, as, a, as a married couple, my wife and I, you know, do that since they were younger. And they're trying to replicate it on their own, how to serve others. Mm-hmm. But we need to be able to serve and lead our family, though. How does that look for you? Yeah, so it's interesting because I think that very first sentence here says, serve and lead may seem like a contradiction. Mm-hmm. And I, it didn't really strike me that way because I think it goes on to say, no, they actually work together. They're inseparable. Definitely. So, you know, in my world, um, for sure, you know, serving is being there, doing the things that maybe are inconvenient, right? Um, you know, today the ice maker wasn't working. <laughs> so guess well, It's not good. <laughs> I guess he was ripping it apart. You can always buy some bags of ice in King Supers. Which man. that was, a, that's always plan A. <laughs> <laughs> then there's plan B if I get lucky and fix it. Yeah. Um, but it's like, as a, as a man, it's my responsibility to serve in the, in the least of ways too. Right. It's like, I don't know. I'll get on YouTube and try to figure this stuff out. Troubleshoot it. It'll save um, you a ton of money too. Absolutely. So it's like, okay, game on. By the way, before, before I left tonight, there was like eight cubes of ice in there. So, so he's making, <laughs> so you happens, fix it, man. bro. I don't know. But, uh, it's, it's doing, you know, it's like when the kids are sick, it's like, okay, I'll stay up, make sure they're okay. Um, I'll get up earlier to make sure I'm making breakfast and lunch for them, uh, for school and things like that. It's serving in ways that it's because it is, when you think about a family unit, it's not just individuals. It's, it's, it's our whole team. Like everybody's going to step in and do whatever it takes. Yeah. Like you can't just let somebody like, oh, hey, I didn't really feel like getting up today and, and doing that thing, right. whatever that thing is, right? right? So it's serving in every possible way of, again, getting up early, staying up late, whatever it takes to get things done. Um, and so it's just, it's that service. But then it's also when I am serving, it's like that's also that leadership. Well, what is a leader going to do? He's not going to let his team down. Right. Right. He's not right. going to just say, hey, I didn't feel like showing up today. Mm-hmm. And so that's why for me, it is a combo every single day is serving and leading. Ephesians 5.23 says that the husband is the head of the wife and he quickly puts the rest, any notion that his leadership allows for selfish male dominance. Um, he completes the sentence with, as Christ also is the head mm-hmm. of the church. So, Ephesians 5.23 says, The husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church. Mm-hmm. The husband is the head of the wife. you want to elaborate on that? No, it's absolutely true. Um, you know, for, for Jewel and I, for sure. Because if we have any feminists listening to this, bro. Oh, it's okay. You're gonna... They'll figure it out someday. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Uh, but here... Here's the off-ramp that I'll give a feminist out there is when a man doesn't show up. Ooh. Okay? When they grew up in a household with a pansy of a father 
or if they're married to a wimp of a husband. Or the absence of a father. Absence of a father, absence of a husband, right? Or that actually shows up and does the work. It's like, yeah, they feel like they got to step in and, you Mm -hmm. know, and good for them, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because again, it's whatever it takes. Whatever role you need to fill, you fill it, you do it well. Mm. Um, But as as a husband, the head of my wife is I literally have to be everything for her. When a husband and wife get married, the two shall become one, Mm. one, right? And so back to that leader serve. Yes, I'm leading my family. And at the same time, I'm serving my family because that's where that strength comes from. And I know that if I'm not leading and following in alignment with God, I'm the one who gets struck, right? I need to make sure that I'm protecting and leading in a strong way for my family. I think that what we have seen lately also is that friction between the wife and the husband. Sometimes the husband is trying to do the best he can Mm -hmm. to try to lead his wife to the ways of the Lord, but the wife will then become not wanting to listen to the husband's advice, maybe because she does not trust that what he's doing is is the best approach to that issue or because she does not believe that he has the best intention at hand or maybe could be maybe that she thinks that he is not suited to make that last decision what do you say to guys that are in this predicament mm. right how because how do you do this i will say one thing that just come to my mind and it is we as leaders have influence mm-hmm. yes over people right and i think influence is the key word here we have to somehow i think these kind of men somehow they need to find a way to have influence over their wives mm-hmm. they need to be creative enough to be able to find that influence so they can go there and mm-hmm. through that influence that they gain on their wives mm-hmm. then now they can start leading and now the wife can and i will say maybe without her knowing mm-hmm. now she's listening to him right what do you think about that no it's so true so number one um it has to be earned as a husband you're not just given that that respect right and when I say earn, you got to show up. You got to work hard. And so let me give you a couple examples. Um, so, in my, well, before I start that, um, everybody has strengths, right? So, work on those strengths. What, what are you really, really good at doing that you're going to bring up and show up every day and do, whatever that thing is? For me, um, I have in my job, I have to deal with a lot of conflict. You know, sometimes it's dealing with, you know, contractors, it's dealing with um, developers, it's dealing with elected officials, it's dealing with whatever that conflict is, okay? And so for me, over the years, I've really, you know, worked in such a good way in that area that I'm respected for my colleagues and ultimately... Mm -hmm my wife mm-hmm. and she literally says how so she'll have an issue at work or whatever else and like and she'll literally come to me and say hey how would you approach this okay so you so you have already created that 
that trust. But I earned it, right? I right, you created that trust. Right. You earned that trust mm -hmm. because you have you have some ammo that you've been collecting through the years. So they've been they've they have seen you through the years. Mm -hmm. How do you address and how do you kind of like go about in these mm -hmm. certain situations, right? How do you manage people, right? Exactly. But what happens when a man has not been able to do that in his early years of marriage mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, like I said, now a man is learning. Mm -hmm. It's trying, you know, it's in the word, it's trying to be a better man, a better dad and want to go through these, these steps uh, or things, right? Provide for his family, protect his family, serve his family, lead his family. But the wife still do not, do not trust him. What can he do? To gain that trust, that's going to take forever sometimes. Well, so here's, and this is the, and I'll say this, strength through vulnerability. Okay. And here's what that looks like. Um, honey, I'm feeling that you don't trust me in this area. This is an area that I really, really need your trust in. What is it going to take to get, get us there? Okay. She's that probably going to say 10 years. Ten, <laughs> no, but, but here's, here's what. As a guy, anybody listen to this, dude, how often would you ever go to your wife and say, hey, I want to be really good at this. I'm going to work really hard in this area. Um, what's it going to take for you to trust me in that area? Hmm. Okay. I would tell you 99% of your listeners, they would never have that conversation with the wife. Wow. One, they want to ignore it. Number two, they're not willing to actually work at it anyway. Great. And yeah. they want to be held accountable to the results. But if you are, well, okay. What you said, mm -hmm. just by saying that to your wife. Mm-hmm. It's bringing a lot of heat upon oh yourself. Oh, my God. And so you got to be Because ready. now you got to be ready because you're going to be accountable, dude. And she's going to get on you. Then stop crying about not your wife not trusting you. That's right. I'm sorry. Right? Because I think that's how you can open it up. It's like, wow, they, you know, their wife just doesn't trust. So earn it, bro. Right? Yep. I mean, if you're unwilling to get in the game, don't cry about being on the sidelines. Oh, man. And I think that's where we just get so caught up in this. It's like... You know, I can sit here and complain to my wife all day, but guess what? It all comes back to me. Why I'm head of my wife, head of my household, that the buck stops here. So if I want it better, I got to go get it. And yeah. I got to be better. The next one is a man follows God's design for true masculinity. What do you have to say about that? Well, I was just going to read that scripture. Micah 6, 8 says, He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with your God? The core of a man's life should be his relationship with God. The man who walks humbly with God is motivated and empowered to step up and assume the difficult responsibilities that come his way. You see, a courageous man is never off duty. And I love that last statement, hmm. right? It's like, again, we're not, we don't just kind of sit down and say, okay, done. <laughs> like, yeah, done. We're, we're good. I'm done. Right? I'm going to watch TV now. Do not bother me. <laughs> doesn't happen, man. But, you know, it's like, okay, so how do you show up and love justice? How do you love kindness and walk humbly? I mean, all those things are, are they're, they're difficult, right? Particularly as a guy. And, um, you know, one kind of, I don't know, maybe, maybe a sidebar conversation about um, that justice, but it's also forgiveness, right? Is it, um, how was that? That was a quote. Um, the weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is an attribute of the strong. 
and that was by uh, by Gandhi. Mm. But one of the things that you think about, why would, and I'll just ask you, Raphael, do you think that forgive, forgiveness is a strength? Do you think that you can actually be strong through forgiving people? It takes a lot to forgive somebody. Because mm -hmm. now you have to humble yourself. And you have to let go. But don't you just forgive and then keep beating them over the head anyway? I, I forgive you, but you still did it wrong. I forgive you, but you're not hurting enough. See, that's the thing. You have to be very strong to forgive somebody and just dump it. Because mm. that's what forgiveness is. But people don't do that. Do you feel, I mean, truly. I know, but you see, the first thing that comes to my mind is how how God forget, forgives our sins and he throws our sins as far as the east is from the west. Mm -hmm. And he forgets our sins. Mm hmm because of Jesus. Yeah. So for us to forgive somebody, and um, I mean, Jesus said, you know, you have to forgive people just as God forgave you. Mm -hmm. I think it's one of those steps of, as we come to God and, and we ask forgiveness from God to come into his presence, mm -hmm. he also requires that of us towards our enemies okay so yes. how is it that the lord's prayer, the, the lord's prayer goes right our father who art in heaven forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us That's right it, right, that right. Mm -hmm. and th those are his, his instructions mm -hmm. for us yeah before we come into his presence mm -hmm. before we start asking forgive us just as we forgive those who trespass against us right how can we expect to be united with God in spirit if we do not follow his commandments. Mm. That takes a lot it of strength. Yep. It takes a lot of strength. Mm -hmm. So back to your question. Are you strong when you forgive somebody? You have to be very strong to really forgive somebody. Mm -hmm. if, they, if they wrong you, now there's many kinds of wrongdoings. Right, right. There's more. Some of them are heavy than heavier than others. Mm -hmm. So that's that's tough, man. No, it is. And I think the way I heard, it kind of you know, phrased one time was said, when you forgive somebody, you're basically taking that burden off yourself. Yeah, and, absolutely. And like it at the cross, absolutely. right? Because if you don't forgive, you carry that you with carry you. Carry it with you the whole yeah, time. Yeah, that's a lot of weight. It's a lot of weight. Enough with my belly. <laughs> but it's like, and so when you have the mindset of, you know what, I'm going to forgive them, I don't think you forget, right? I mean, I think it's, there's that, that's, in my mind, that's a happy little saying, oh, forgive and forget. No, hell no, you're not no, going to forget. A lot it. of you're people forgive, but they don't forget. And you don't, I don't, and I'm going to, and that's when they stay stuck, man. Well, I don't know. Because they're bringing it up every, every chance they get. So I would say not forgetting isn't the same as bringing it up. So, when I've been wronged by somebody, I can forgive them, but I'm not likely going to get myself in that same situation again. Again, absolutely, because of that trust now. But that's wisdom, broken. though. That's what I'm saying. That's wisdom. Now you have the wisdom because somebody broke mm -hmm. a promise, mm -hmm. or or they broke that trust yep. between that party. Mm -hmm. You don't want to get into it again. Exactly. Like you gotta you got you gotta make sure that that you protect. Mm -hmm yourself or their relationship again to a point 
that even to get to that place where you were once at with that person, it's going to take time. Right. The recovery process is very slow. It is. And that's why I most advocate more for forgive and continue to pray for them. Mm. Right. It's like, no matter what that situation is, I don't, I don't forget about it. In fact, I'm going to bring it to, to bear in my prayers for that situation so that I, that either can get better, that trust can rebuild, that we can bridge through those things, whatever that issue was, as I'm forgiving. But it, it doesn't mean that it just disappears because it's still part of who we are, especially in relationships. And that's the hardest thing when you have an issue with somebody and you have forgiven them, but there's still not reconciliation and there may never be. And so I think it's through prayer and that petition to say, Hey God, you know, I just want there on my heart today, thinking about it, be with the situation, whatever that thing is to help us reconcile. Um, hopefully if you want, if that relationship is important to you so that you can bring it back around, actually have a strong relationship through forgiveness that never would have existed otherwise. Hmm. So in closing, what does a hard man look to you? Hmm. Feels like we got a bit off topic. <laughs> I but know. I don't know. I think all these things this is, summed this up, has right? This has been so good. This has been fantastic. But but I wanna I wanna stereotype a little bit here at the end of the show. It's mm, good. Of this episode specifically. Um what is a hard man look to you? Like when you hear that dude is a hard man. What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Oh, for me it is. It's somebody who... Long hair with a bond. No, <laughs> that is the antithesis <laughs> for me, man. It's uh, So when I hear the word, so hard man, a lot of times has a negative connotation. Yeah. Which is somebody who is just, they're not approachable. Yeah. They have an angry demeanor, right? They just come across as hardened by the world and almost disconnected from any relationship whatsoever. Like that to me, when I hear the word a hard man, that's, that's what I started to envision. Mm. Right. Um, whereas a man of strength is totally different to me. Right. I think you, everything we talked about tonight is what I would say a man of strength looks like. And it's not even physical characteristics. It's emotional intelligence. It's the, ability to serve and protect your family. It's the ability to forgive. It's the, the, the showing up every single day for your family, right? Um, those are the things that I see as a very strong man that builds strong societies, that they're willing to get into the depths of the conversation, to lead, to coach, to train their families, their kids, um, you know, their associates, whoever they are around all the time, right? That's where that strength comes from. And it's, dealing with things head on too, and not forgetting them, not being uh, passive aggressive, not ghosting. It's dealing with things head on. That's where that strength comes from. And as a man, I think that's how we were gifted is, is we will confront issues and we will stand in the gap. We will set those boundaries and we'll hold the line. And it's not going to be like, well, you know, Johnny doesn't feel like he's a boy. He feels like he wants to play with dolls well, let's just enable Johnny to go play with dolls. Maybe, you know, we're going to teach him in school about, and that's a whole other podcast on transgender crap that's going on in schools. But um, when you can set clear boundaries and lead and train and coach in a solid, loving way, that's what true strength is. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, see when, I, when, I, when I hear that hard men, 
that like these guys some sort of these guys are hard men. Mm -hmm. The first thing that comes to my mind is pillar mm -hmm. of strength. Mm -hmm. Just like you, but I see that imagery of a man that is unmovable, mm. that is unstoppable, that is strong, not just physically, which you have to be strong physically as a man. You have to. If you're overweight, you need to lose weight. If you're not strong, you need to be strong as a man. Mm. That's what we're called to. Because when you need to lift something for your family, You're not going to call 911 on it. <laughs> you have to be able to get this done. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to deviate, but yeah, it's, 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 that, it's that imagery of, of a man who's a strong, not just physically, but mentally strong, yes. that knows how to present his, himself in front of people. That is not something that people are going to make a joke out of him. That doesn't mean that he's not going to have a sense of humor. On the contrary... It will be a man that knows when to laugh and when not to laugh. Mm -hmm. You know, when to tell a joke, when not to tell a joke. Mm -hmm. But yeah, for me, it's just I see that pillar of a man who is unmovable, who's strong, who leads his family well. He'll do anything possible to lead his family towards the kingdom of God. That's good. Thank you for listening, guys. That's it for today. Till next time. Hey friends, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. And if this content is helpful to you, would you consider rating this episode and subscribe to the podcast? This episode was sponsored by Cyrecom Tech, your virtual IT department. Cyrecom Tech provides cybersecurity services, cloud services, IT support, infrastructure build, phone systems integrations, and much more. With more than 25 years of experience in the enterprise, Cyrecom Tech is here to serve you. You can book a free consultation by calling 720-819-7388. Also on the web at cyrecomtech.com. That is S-I-R-E-C-O-M-Tech.com. Until the next episode, God bless you.